You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Perry Mason, Caturney at Claw. Instead, it's brought to you by our listeners, because you guys are awesome, and we wanted to tell you you're awesome, because we appreciate that you listen to the show. So, on with the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined this week by Joe and Steve. And today we're going to talk about a mystery. Really? Yep. Cool. Uh, We're going to talk about a mysterious disappearance. We haven't done one of those in a while. Actually, we haven't. Uh, mm. No, we haven't, actually. I was kidding, but yeah, you're right. I know. Well, okay. I've been on kind of a, I don't want to talk about it streak, <laughs> but um, I'm ready to talk about it again. It's fine. All so right. this week, we're going to talk about the disappearance of Lauren Spear, mm-hmm. who is a, it was a 2011 disappearance from Bloomington, Indiana. We may have heard of it. It's kind of in the news a lot. It has been in the news a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, not not... Just in the super recent news, but it just passed no. its five-year anniversary, so it always gets the refresh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. When I you was... hit those kind of anniversaries. Uh, let's just dive right in. Sweet. We? Great. Oh, do you guys have more, like, banter or anything? Uh, I know. You know fluff no. out the beginning of this episode with? So um, I was on the internet the other day, and I found this thing. No, were you? kidding. No. No. I no. never go on the internet. I you know that. I do. Just Wikipedia. Okay. So Lauren was an only child who grew up in an upper-middle-class family in New York, she was 4'11", which four I... 4'11"? Yeah, 4'11", inches, which I didn't bother to translate into... It's about three kilometers. <laughs> yeah. It's like five stone. It's yeah, five. yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, and she weighed... Three hands. She weighed just 90 pounds, um, and she was 20 years old when she disappeared. So she's a very petite girl. Very, very petite, yeah. She was a sophomore at Indiana State. University in Bloomington, Indiana, the bad Bloomington. The bad um, Bloomington? I didn't know. I went to school bad. in Bloomington, Illinois. So oh, yeah. Oh, there's a bit I of a rivalry there. Because there's a Bloomington Normal, Indiana, and a Bloomington Normal, Illinois, because nobody in the Midwest knows how to creatively name places. Oh. Um, they're both like twin cities. Sweet. Uh, and I, I went to school in Bloomington, Illinois. Anyway, yeah. she was studying textile merchandising, which I know I've seen she was planning on going into fashion with but my understanding from that from research of that degree is that's not maybe the best degree i was very confused when i saw this in the notes i mean it's more 
I, it's my understanding. This is totally like doesn't matter to the case at all. But my understanding of that is that it's more geared towards like interior design or textile development, not fashion. fashion. But okay. hey, whatever. Maybe she wanted to design fabric. Clothes are made out of textiles. You yeah. never know. Technically, that's true. Maybe she just had the wrong idea. The school yeah. didn't want to steer clear of that because they were making money. Yeah, probably yeah, true. Could have been. By all accounts, Lauren was a really great person. And though some do suspect foul play, nobody suspects foul play in the like, because she had a bunch of enemies that were out to get her type of thing. Mm, seems unlikely. Uh, or a grudge or pre- really premeditated in any way. So uh, kind of a crime of opportunity. More of a crime maybe. of opportunity if mm. there is indeed foul play involved in this. I guess let's just jump right in and talk about Timeline. We've got a pretty decent timeline in this one, which is nice compared to a lot of stories. Sizable timeline, yeah. Yeah, she's spotted on a lot of cameras. That helps. She was, and but there's not, you know, it's not like a leading up incidents. What's the what's the phrase? It's um, events up leading to the event, or leading up to leading to the event. That we don't really have that. It's you know, she was a normal college student. College student. She was very involved in extracurricular activities. Um, yeah, until that night, nobody nobody would have guessed this was, was going to happen. Yeah, this was a Thursday night, right? It was a Thursday night, June third, yeah. two thousand eleven. Yeah, I remember it well. well <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was June fourth, two thousand eleven. I guess it was yeah, June third, two thousand eleven, because our timeline starts. I thought at I think midnight it's, thirty. Yeah, I think it started Thursday night. It was Thursday was the second. Not that it's that big of a deal, but that Friday was the third. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, you're right. Sorry. So twelve thirty a.m. on Thursday on Friday. Day. Yeah. Okay. So twelve thirty a.m. Friday morning. So the wee hours. The wee hours. And you know, researching this story reminded me of how I'm actually an adult now because I read that and I was like, that has to be a typo, and like read three other places and I was like, oh dang it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's no, that's real. So Lauren left her apartment to go pregame at twelve thirty a.m. midnight thirty a.m. on Friday, June third, two thousand eleven. She left her apartment at Smallwood Plaza, and she left with her friend, uh, David Roan. They met up with a friend, um, with like a bunch of friends, at Jay Rosenbaum's townhouse at the Five North Townhomes. Which was the, a couple of blocks away. It was just, yeah, it was pretty yeah. really it's, a bunch of apartments. It's all, I mean, everything kind of in Bloomington, Indiana is pretty close to each other. It's all pretty walking distance one of the people that was there was a guy by the name of Corey rossman and his roommate whose name is mike beth um they both lived two doors down her boyfriend jesse did not go out that night he says they were texting all night until he went to bed i don't have any information as to what time he went to bed i heard he, about 2 30 a.m yeah i was yeah. gonna say he said he stayed up and watched the basketball game i think it was the heat were in the championships if, uh-huh. for some reason and he stayed up with his friends game was over they continued to, to drink bed. at the apartment and mm-hmm. then he went to bed right uh, but allegedly it's i mean it's probably worth saying that nobody has any reason to doubt this yeah and I think that cell towers corroborated, not that Bloomington is so large that the cell tower <laughs> pinging in one place or another, you know, but mm, mm. Um, worth worth mentioning. And so what everybody was doing, the group that Lauren was with, was they were doing this pre-gaming thing, which I have heard. Pre-funk is what we used to call it. Oh, yeah, yeah we always call it pre-gaming. But I've always heard this described as like a weekly ritual or more more than frequently than weekly but that it was the same group people would get together for the same thing on the same night pretty much all the time thirsty thursdays is you know a thing Mm -hmm. so uh i remember you know when i was in college we i think we only had two nights a week that didn't have designated drinking themes yeah that's this sounds very familiar for me i swear it was like tuesday wednesday or wednesday thursday something like that Oh, we no, had a... every night of the week. <laughs> we had Beer Club Tuesday, and wine, wine Women Wednesday, and then Thirsty Thursdays, and then Fridays always had a different theme, and Saturdays had a different theme. So it was Sunday and Monday nights were our only nights off. Got it. And we came up with reasons to drink those nights anyways. Joe and I used to go out for anything that happened Mondays. Mm-hmm. Oh, those were fun. That, that yeah. was actually a good time. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, so there was definitely drinking and allegedly drugs, ostensibly drugs. I hope so. Um, happening there as well. And again, worth reminding people, Lauren at this time is only 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't already know, 
the legal drinking age in America is 21. So well, she was, not everywhere. There's, it's 18 in some places. Isn't there it? are a few places yeah. left. But, not in Bloomington, But drugs Indiana. are not. <laughs> not legal. No ID shit, no ID needed, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's just worth mentioning. Okay, so, so anyway, they they're... pregame um, at Jay's townhouse okay. until about 1.46 a.m., which is when Corey and Lauren walk over to Kilroy's Sports Bar, which was a local sports bar that apparently wasn't really great at IDing that Kilroy's, late at night. Kilroy's is huge. It looked huge. Yeah, yeah. that bar place. is freaking gigantic. Yeah, it looked really big, and it looked like, again, you know, the kind of like college place. I think they, I don't know what Indiana's law, actually, we were just in Indiana. I don't, I don't know that I even looked up when their like beer o'clock is. So we used to call it beer o'clock whenever they stopped serving alcohol. It's two. Um, two? Yeah. But... Yeah. That's when the hotel kicked us out of the bar. It's oh, two. Was it two? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so yeah, I, it, you know, they showed up pretty much like 15 minutes before last call. Right. Um, they had been pre-gaming already, but it, it sounds like that was a pretty big place where people kind of hung out. I, and just because a bar stops serving alcohol doesn't mean they necessarily close. And no. I think that was the case with Kilroy's. I never understood the wanting to go to the bar just before it closed. Well, um, I've done it. Don't get me wrong, but I never, well, never there, could fathom there, how fun that would be. There are places that have after hours functions too, but for me, it was always like, you know, there's no more booze. What the hell? I'm leaving. Mm. I mean, right. Yeah, so I think in this instance, it's likely that they just got pretty sloppy about IDing later in the night. Uh, you know, because it was kind of like, all right, who's going to sneak in for the last 15 minutes? Well, she also Nobody. had a fake ID, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, a fake ID can still, just because somebody has a fake ID, like, Doesn't mean if it's you're good. good at IDing, it means you should be able to catch a fake ID. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? I, so, it's a college town, you know, you're not sure. going to be too... Yeah. But you might be in that. I would just say that'd be a reason that I could give for why she would go that late. Because she wanted one more Midori Sour? Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there was like dancing happening there. I don't know. Um, yeah, that thing has a bunch of dance floors. Yeah. It is a one-stop shop yeah. of drinking and partying. It is. Mm -hmm. Then at 2.27 a.m., Lauren is seen exiting the bar with Corey. Uh, Lauren had left her cell phone and her shoes at the bar. I do that a lot. Uh, the shoes she had taken off, there was a part of the patio, again, one-stop shop, part of the patio that was sandy. I think she was wearing, she wasn't wearing heels, but she It'd was be wearing some kind of sandal. Some kind of something, yeah, because it gets pretty hot in Indiana. And um, she'd taken them off to go walk out in the sand and then just they have a little them. They have a little volleyball there, maybe? They do, actually, yeah. I was confused by this, so I went to their their Facebook page, and there's boatloads of photos of it. And it's, you know how there's that big green awning in the front that you always see in all the photos of yeah. it? They're like 40 foot long or whatever. Yeah. Well, just to the right is a courtyard that's fenced in, and that, it, apparently, they truck in sand to have stuff go on. What was it that uh, the event that I, Malibuti Party, was Ooh. the photo album that I was looking at? Uh, so that was, you that know, very like cleverly fun. named. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, so it's right there. They had volleyball. Sounds like uh, a lot of fun Maybe to I'll me. go back to college. You know, go to Bloomington, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, in, I almost said Illinois. Ken, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the college that's there is vastly superior. Uh, um, of course. So then three minutes later at 2.30 a.m., Lauren is seen entering Smallwood Plaza, which is where her apartment is. Yeah. Um, Which is, with, by the way, just around the corner from the bar, yep, practically. Yeah, we, she's got Corey with her. A group of boys basically saw her and Corey, and the it kind of differs a little bit. Basically, they they noticed that she was in bad shape and asked her because they knew, you know, everybody kind of knew each other and asked her like, "Hey, are you okay?" And she said, "Yeah, I'm fine." But apparently, at the same time, Corey got in an altercation with the same group of guys. And the the reporting that I've heard is that they didn't like the way that Corey was treating Lauren, mm. whether so, that be like handling, like touching, acting around. Well, you know, whatever. If if, uh, if you're a guy, well, I think the guy that uh, you know, that he had the altercation with was Zach Oaks, mm -hmm. who was a friend of her, Jesse. Her, her, Jesse, yeah, the, yeah, Jesse, Lauren's the boyfriend. boyfriend yeah. yeah, and of course, you know, when you're a guy and you see this girl and she's hammered, mm -hmm. which apparently by all reports she was, she was. And some stranger is like taking her off to her apartment. You make the assumption that well, he's you know taking her, taking her back there to take advantage of her. 
So he might not have been mishandling it at all. You just make the automatic assumption, hey, this guy's going to do what I would do. I don't like that. Apparently, you know? Corey also and, smarted off to him. Uh, yeah. That could have been it, too. Yeah. So what happened during this altercation, though, is they did it, did, it was a physical altercation. What happened is Zach uh, hit Corey in the head. Punched and him. Punched him. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently knocked him like knocked him to the floor. Yeah. I don't know that that would him. have been like too hard of a thing to do to Corey <laughs> at that point because he was also pretty intoxicated. Yeah. I don't think he was in a great shape anyway. But from that, I am going to use the word ostensibly because oh, yeah. I think it really fits here. Ostensibly, Corey lost the 15 minutes prior to this altercation and the rest of his memory for the rest of the night until he woke up the next morning. I will also say that it may not have been the blow to the head it that caused that. Else. He may have Good been point. so saucy yeah. that nothing was being recorded by or his brain. Or he just doesn't want to tell people what was being recorded by his brain. Could be convenient. That's a pretty yeah. convenient excuse. Some people are a little suspicious. For whatever reason... I don't really know why, but at this point, Lauren and Corey decide to go back to Corey's house because Lauren did eventually, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but she did eventually misplace her keys, Yeah, she did. but it wasn't until after they left her apartment. So it wasn't well, as I don't though... think they ever actually got into her apartment. They were just in the building and right. left after no, the, actually, the smackdown. They, they got up to the fifth floor, actually. They took the they elevator all the way, which apartment. was where her apartment was, yeah. and that's where they had the altercation. Right. And then right. instead of just going to her apartment, they turn around that's and That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. a little weird because, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a good reason to, like, you know, forget you know, just everything you knew, which is what Corey did, because that is a little inexplicable. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think it's, it's weird. Um, Drunk logic. I don't know if it's drunk logic or, or what necessarily. And again, it, we don't really have... Corey's the only person who can tell us what really you know happened because it seems to me that that group of boys had that altercation and then left. And, you know, probably assuming that Lauren was just going to go, like, they were right outside of her apartment. She was probably just going to go right in and then, but she didn't. Actually, I have a theory, but it sort of crosses into, like, slander. Okay, well, we'll talk about that in theories. How's that? Okay. Okay. At 2.48 a.m., so the altercation took a a little while, this whole situation that happened in the apartment. Yeah, I heard that they were there in the apartment building for about 12 minutes. Uh, yeah. I think she was caught. I think they were caught on tape leaving the apartment yeah, building at, as well. At 2.48. And no, oh, was it 2.48? Okay. Yeah, is when they were seen leaving the apartment. So they were 18 minutes-ish. <laughs> so they left the apartment and Lauren and Corey entered an alleyway that runs between College Avenue and Morton Street. There's some security cameras nearby. There's lots of security cameras in Bloomington that caught a lot of footage of mm-hmm. her. And I will just say that one of the frustrations with this case is that the police have, and we'll talk about this probably a little bit more in a little bit, but the police have, for whatever reason, chosen not to release the majority of the tapes, uh, which, you know, is kind yeah. of weird, but fine. Whatever. Yeah, that's kind of the way the cops um, are about this stuff. Yep. So the security camera mounted on the apartments show her and Corey exit the alley at 2.51 a.m. and walk towards an empty lot. A woman came forward as a witness, and I don't have a good bead on when exactly this one instance happened, but then the following instance happened um, after they had left the alleyway. You're talking about the sitting portion? Yeah. Okay. So this witness came forward, and she was leaving, um, quote-unquote, visiting a male friend. We all know what that actually means. Mm. Um, (laughs) And she said that she saw Lauren and Corey sitting on some stairs, and the young girl... That would be Lauren. Her words, young girl, which is easy. Uh, Laura was so small that... Or uh, Lauren was so small that it would have been easy to mistake her for a young girl. Uh, The young girl tipped over and hit her head, and the woman said that it was a really, really loud noise. And that is tipped over as in fell over backwards, correct? Yeah, just... That's what I heard. It's like fell backwards. Yeah, Yeah, basically just lost her balance and just... Yeah, and there were concrete steps, too, also, by the way. From what I heard, yeah, yeah, that's that's seriously intoxicated. Yeah, I mean, because if you don't try to catch yourself or turn or anything, and I've had friends who were so intoxicated they face planted on the sidewalk, well, and everybody Lauren, said they didn't do anything; they just went straight down. Well, Lauren mm-hmm. did that later. Yeah, but and that's that's what I'm sitting in that and this. It's like that's a real indicator oh, of sure. her blood alcohol level. Yeah, but I think that incident happened in the alleyway. Is my sense is that like there were you know stairs into the alleyway and that they had set. Because it took them a really long time 
to get through the alleyway, basically, that specific mm-hmm. alleyway. So I'm guessing that they sat down and then the woman saw them and blah, blah, But again, I don't really know when that happens. But after they left that alleyway, they were walking down a different alleyway, lots of alleyways. And there were, the investigators talk about Lauren uh, falling forward and hitting her head like she didn't even put her hands up yeah, in the alleyway. Yeah. Um, and then Corey helped her up. And then um, they got a couple steps and then she just like crumpled is the term that people use mostly mm-hmm. where she just, you know, fell again. Corey picks her up again and for whatever reason takes her to the apartment of four girls they'd been partying with earlier um, that was like right there, but nobody was home. I don't really know. I don't understand the logic of a lot of these things that were happening. I mean, drunk logic, sure, but I don't like they didn't. Lauren didn't live that far away from Corey. It was just like a couple blocks, so I don't really know why they went to this girl's apartments. But... If if Corey figures that if she's this fall down drunk, he he's not going to want to go back to the apartment complex that she lives in because he's already got his clock cleaned once. So he's going to try and find somebody else to offload her on because right now she's being a total drag. Fair enough. Could be. Um, yeah. So he... There were cameras that caught he and Lauren going up into this apartment building. Um, The four girls were reportedly not home. So there are also cameras, obviously, of them leaving. And when they're leaving, Corey's carrying Lauren at this point. But he's got her... I, I really can't find the like right way to describe this. Kind of like a fireman's carry. I heard. He, well, he's kind of wearing her like a cape, honestly. Yeah, fireman's carry. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Where her arms are just... Around like, his neck and forward, and she is and draped across his back. Yeah, she's just laying, and her legs are towards the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. But is short that enough that they don't carry? drag. I don't think that's a fireman's carry. I thought fireman's carry was over the shoulder with I the head so facing too. backwards. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and so, well, I thought it was kind of draped over both shoulders. Yeah, well, that's yeah. so she, so she was she was a human cape. But, but that's the best way to describe. Yeah, it. yeah but not, she was. That's, that's not the fire. Her arms carry. were. Yeah, no, right. her arms were over his shoulder, her his shoulders, and he was just holding them, and then she was just draped down the rest of his body. But like I said, she was tiny, so she wasn't dragging on the floor or anything like that. His lawyers, I think it's his lawyers. I don't actually know. I watched this interview. He has at least one lawyer. I think. Well, I watched this interview with these two lawyers who look like total skis balls <laughs> and i do, i couldn't figure out they just said who their names were and i googled them and i couldn't figure out i think they're his lawyers they're lawyers of the defense of some kind and they have a very good timeline of some more eyewitness accounts and things like that and that's where i got some of this information but they said uh that she was conscious at this point actually to my point about them being kind of skis balls the quote actually exactly is, oh, no, she was alive and well at this point. Well, maybe not well, but alive. Unquote. Yeah. Come on. So he sits her down. Uh, Corey sits uh, Lauren down in an alcove of a building, which is the point where she drops or otherwise loses her keys and her ID. Because that, w- that was found in like a little alcove in an alley mm-hmm. during right. the search for her. Then they head off to Corey's house at this time for real. And I don't know if he was carrying her if she was walking at this point i think he was carrying her again his roommate mike who we talked about earlier um Mm. was at home and still awake lucky for Corey. mike sees lauren there um but there hasn't been a whole lot of elaboration on her state at this point i haven't really ever seen you know, again the the guys aren't talking really they don't they don't have a lot to say about so let's, this case let's let's clear up this right now yeah. all all of the guys that we're going to talk about at Corey and then the other gentlemen that we're all going to talk about they all lawyered up right away and some people point to that as a sign of hiding something and other people say, no, that's called being smart and protecting yourself. So mm-hmm. that's Regardless. why why the the information is, it, this is where the, the information gets a little more sketchy. Totally. Because of that. Because yeah. their lawyers say, shut up. Yeah. And say Which nothing. Is, you know, again, it'd be great to be able to hear from Mike, you know, so Corey and Lauren got back to the apartment and Lauren was, you know, drunk and high, but like conscious and talking to me and, you know, walked in on her own power or Corey walked in with Lauren slugged over his shoulder, dropped her and was like, there she is. Uh I would love to know, you know, what kind of the circumstance was there. But anyway, Corey is also kind of a mess at this point. 
Uh, he's drunk. He, he's drunk and probably on a lot of drugs. At least some. At least some. Uh, Corey, you know, once he gets Lauren into the house, kind of tries to go upstairs. I think it was a townhouse yeah. that they lived in, so their their rooms were upstairs. Tries to go up the stairs and just throws up all over the stairs. And Mike is like, all right, dude. Party foul. Like, on, man, dude. Really? Um, and helps him up the stairs and cleans up after him, at which point he comes back down and really notices, you know, Lauren's in really bad shape. Mm. And so he tries to convince her to stay over at their place, you know, basically like sleep it off. Lauren reportedly said, no, she wanted to go home. Actually, she wanted to find her cell phone. She, the reports aren't she, her saying that she wanted to go home. And it may be that, you know, once they, the reason that she didn't just walk into her apartment was because she realized her cell phone was missing and she wanted to go find it. That's certainly possible. They went in the wrong direction, though. They went way in the wrong direction. But um, she she said, no, she wanted to go find her cell phone. And Mike says that he decided that he didn't really know Lauren very well, which is kind of true, I guess. But that Jay, his neighbor, knew her way better. So he would, um, again, in the words of the lawyers, make her Jay's problem, unquote. Mm -hmm. Nice guys. Uh, I think um, that, uh, you know, it's kind of understandable. Yeah. I, I've been there. So yeah. Mike walks next door, two do doors down, and wakes Jay up and says, Come, you know, Lauren's over here. Can you, like, take care of her? And Jay goes over and, you know, gets Lauren and brings her back to his house. And basically, again, just like Mike says, he tried to get her to stay over, just, you know, sleep it off totally innocent and she said again no she wanted to go find her cell phone so that i mean so he kind of just says all right fine um, well he did make he did try and figure out you know if she was just going to fall over because he said listen if you can walk to the end of the block while i'm watching you and not stumble mm -hmm. then you can go but if i see you stumble i'm gonna bring you back yeah. i mean that seems to be what his intention was and he probably fully expected her to stumble on the first step yeah so actually at 4 15 a.m this is the last official recorded sighting of her um jay lets lauren use his cell phone to place two calls again that's what jay says but um, sure to two of her records, friends sure phone records probably do confirm it though right well they confirm that two calls were made to two of his other male friends at that time whether but it was not lauren made or the not phone call. Mm, yeah. um you know who knows yeah that plays in a little bit to some of the theories later on but uh one of them was you know david moon which was a, a different male friend not David Rowan, the guy she no. first went there with? No. David Moon? Okay. Yes. There's a lot of Davids in Bloomington, apparently. Oh, okay. uh, David's a popular name for my generation. There's a lot of Davids. I, I know I said that like you should know who that is. It's You don't. It's fine. He. This is the only time he comes into the story, really. But I, I had um, heard that the other call was to David Rowan. I, it, it may have been. Yeah. Either way, two male friends that were in that circle, um, neither of them answered. And so Jay said, all right. You know, like Steve said, if you can walk to the end of the block, fine. And he watched from his little balcony area, which wasn't, it's not really a balcony. It's more of a stoop, isn't it? Yeah, but it's up, it's like on the second story. Oh, it's one of those little halvesy, okay, I know mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Those little itty bitty balconies. Yeah, where you can kind of just step outside. You can put a flower it. pot on it I, and nothing else. Even, no, mm -hmm. I think it's literally just like the the width of a foot. <laughs> yeah, the teeny tiny flower pot. Sure, yeah, maybe a tiny one. Um, so he says that he watched her get, quote, almost, unquote, to the corner and then turn around and went inside. And that's the last time anybody's ever seen Lauren, huh. ever. So real feel-good story. Um, this they case, always are. This yeah. case did garner national attention. News networks like CNN and Fox were picking the story up like immediately. And since 2011, those stories, you can find all that footage online, um, or at least a lot of it. Yeah, I think ABC, the original reporting. Did ABC do like an hour-long special just a yeah, couple of years ago? Yeah, 2020. 2020, yeah. Just a few years um, ago. To this day, literally no additional clues have been found. And again, like I said, one of the big uh, issues that people take with this case is the um, lack of CCTV footage. There was another case that was kind of similar to this. It was a you know girl disappeared in a college city after you know walking, and the police department there released literally all of the footage, and that ended up actually yes leading to somebody remembering seeing this guy interacting with her and they found the guy and then found this girl's remains 
And well, and they were able to track the guy on tape. Right. That's how they figured it out. Yeah. Right. But, you know, somebody said, oh, yeah, I saw that guy, which they didn't have on tape was the interaction between them two. But they were able to track him and then, you know, figure out who he is. And so everybody's hoping that would happen again if the tapes were released. or something would happen, you know, and um, unfortunately, they haven't done that. They've just released two kind of little snippets. And that's pretty much it. So there you go. Mm, frustrating. Yeah. So that's the story. Do you guys have anything to add to the story? Hmm, let me think, let me think. No, I mean, we're probably going to talk about this in theories, but it's just, there's a whole lot of questionable judgment through oh, this yeah. entire story. Yeah. And it is... That's called college, dude. I was yeah. about yeah. to say, it's all based in, in 20-somethings, yeah. early 20-somethings, consuming a lot of intoxicants and making some weird, not-so-smart decisions. Because I remember some of the things that I did, and... Years later, I look back and I'm like, oh, how oh. did you not die, you idiot? Well, I'm thinking, you I'm so lucky. glad I didn't get caught. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So we will talk about that in the theories. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, actually, then I guess we're at theories. But before we go, let's take a break. I have a cat named Ginger, also known as the Rickety Princess. She is an adorable little Himalayan who falls over a lot. She is super, super cute and so cuddly and it's unbearable. Unfortunately, she also has a habit of announcing that it's time to eat at around 3.30 a.m. by singing the song of her people. Chewing her away only gains about a half hour apiece before she announces it again. So you can imagine how hard it is after a long day at the office with serious lack of sleep going on to sit down and plan a meal. Thankfully, we have HelloFresh to help out on those more zombie-like days. HelloFresh is currently offering customers uh, the classic box, a veggie box, and a family box. HelloFresh is the meal delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience and not just the plate. And each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step -step instructions designed to take about 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh delivers food to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box, and it's all for less than $10 a meal. Because HelloFresh has delicious ingredients which you'll love to eat and simple recipes you'll love to cook. So get cooking. I'll tell you, I've used HelloFresh. I've enjoyed it. It's helped me out immensely. And if you want to try HelloFresh, you can go to their website and use the promo code SIDEWAYS30. That's SIDEWAYS30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. So go to HelloFresh.com and enter SIDEWAYS30 when you subscribe. Because it's great for those days when your fuzzy wonder or just the world make it a little hard to sit down and... Uh, Plan a meal from scratch. And we're back. First theory. I'm okay. Uh, I'm actually doing it in sections. I'm sorry. Okay. Sections? What do you mean? Uh, foul You've never play, done this to foul us. Foul play and not foul play. Ah. So let's start with theory number one foul play. Theory number one A. The Sons of Silence. Uh-huh. You mean the Sounds of Silence? The Simon and Garfunkel song? No, the Sons of Silence, <laughs> the Notorious Biker game? Gang. Oh, those guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a 2020 segment on Lauren uh, a few years ago, and they tracked down this guy who had been a member of the Sons of Silence. The Sons of Silence, for those of you who do not know, are what is known as a 1% group of motorcyclists, which means they're an outlaw motorcycle gang. And so that comes from... The American Motorcycle Association. Yeah, who the president made a statement once where he said 99% of motorcyclists are law-abiding, like, great citizens. And so the 1% the that are not like that took to heart that mm. they are the 1%, and so they so actually wear patches that say 1%, that say 1 on This them. is what I hear. Yeah, I know. Not, yeah, they're very proud of it. Not to be confused with the 1% that people were protesting a couple yeah. of years ago. That's same. a different 1% of non-law-abiding yes. citizens. I've met yes. a lot of people, a lot of bikers who, not, who are not even in the 1% probably still wear that patch just because it's kind of badass. I've, I have heard that that is a very bad idea. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, in that culture, you, you don't post. Uh, there is no point. posing because you will get it handed to you. So mm. the Sons of Silence are like a real legit outlaw 
bike gang. And, you know, they have kind of factions everywhere and one of them chapters to, chapters excuse me they have chapters everywhere and we do not want them to come after us it's happens chapter. to be in bloomington indiana or thereabouts and a, there was a tip given to the investigators in the case that a guy who used to be what they call a cleaner for the sons of silence which is um harvey Keitel. yeah yeah I don't feel like I need to explain it. Um, yeah. I, didn't, uh, I didn't know that those guys cleaned up after themselves. He cleans up after them. Oh. Basically, there was some speculation that he had, for whatever reason, killed Lauren mm -hmm. and buried the body on his farm. Uh, well, it turns out that that tip actually came from his very annoyed ex-wife <laughs> and was totally unsubstantiated. Um, so, in short, this theory is bad and you should feel bad. Mm, yeah, I saw I saw a little footage on 2020. They uh, Ryan Walsh, Ross went to his house, and the guys like from said, "I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't even know the broad." And it's then actually, he shuts the door. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, class if you, act. If you watch the whole thing, it's actually very interesting. I kind of feel bad for the guy because he seemed like he was very willing to talk, but he had stipulated without cameras uh -huh. and they showed up with cameras and he was like, I don't want to talk on camera, turn the camera off and I'm happy to talk to you guys about everything that I may or may not know about this case. Mm. And they said, you know, not in like a shady, like, well, I might know something like, uh, I literally well, don't know anything, but like, I'm happy to talk to you guys about, you know, cause he's an ex member of this gang. And yeah. so he was, you know, it seemed like he was willing to say like, well, I'm happy to talk to you guys about the activity I knew about around that time to see if any of it coincides. They, they booked the appointment under semi-false pretenses with him. Yeah, they did. They tried to, to ambush him. They did. And he was having none of it. And they, he was like, yeah. I told you no cameras. And they were like, uh, and they just got in his face with the cameras. And he was like, okay, bye. And closed the door and told them to get off the property. Yeah, the same episode, they uh, tried to ambush Corey also. And, uh, they tried to same, ambush a lot of people. Yeah, same results. Yeah, they apparently are not very good at setting up stings, is what this, this tells me about the crew of 2020. So, so who else we have besides the deadly bikers? Yeah, um, well, there's the people do think maybe the boyfriend did it. Jesse. Jesse, Jesse Wolf. Um, he was actually considered a serious point of, or person of interest for a while. Just the first parts of of the investigation. In the beginning. Well, it's always the boyfriend. Yeah. Well, the husband Makes or the boyfriend sense. or the wife or the girlfriend, you know. Uh, now, see, but he had he had roommates in his, in his, in his yeah, place. Yeah, there, right? there was no evidence to back this up. It was just people saying like, well, you know, it was the jealous boyfriend who did it. And I think there are some people on the internet who falsely perpetuate that, continue mm. to falsely perpetuate perpetuate that. But I think that's a really bad theory and it really is just making somebody who's already suffering suffer yeah. more. Although it you know, there is that question again, this is one of those things that doesn't really make a lot of sense because he stayed home while she's out drinking with a bunch of with other guys and stuff. Joe and so that's a little weird. Joe, yeah. have you ever heard of the friend zone? Yeah. She may have had the couple of guys that she was hanging out with, they were in the friend zone and they mm -hmm. were trying to, you know, make their impression and make their mark and so they always went out with her. Yeah. But she was like yeah, no, I'm not. No, that's never happening. They're just here's they're another just fun idea. People. You can just be friends with people. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's the yeah, friend yeah. zone. Like she does, thought no, they were not friends. not even a friend zone. Like everybody can just be friends with everybody else, and there doesn't have to be sexual tension or like underlying romance or anything. Yeah, but that's you're not thing. a man. You don't understand how this it works. Dudes thing. constantly are like, hmm, exactly. in college, it's dudes are constantly and like especially that. Especially when there's a lot of booze involved. Yeah, there's. there's I'm afraid you know, guys will take advantage. Yes. Right. So, this has been know. a fun discussion. So, uh, but leaving the boyfriend out of the whole thing, I mean, he could have done it. I mean, there's people with all sorts of theories out there. Like, for example, he was supposedly texting her at, at the bar and stuff over the course of the evening. Could have had somebody else do the texting while he went out and stalked her and observed her with these guys and then eventually, you know, bushwhacked her and killed her out of jealousy. I think it's a bad theory. Oh, yeah, it is. But I just want to say, you know, it's, it's you know, yeah, anything's possible. I yeah. I think I think the Sons of Silence did it before I think Jesse did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't do not think the Sons of Silence did it. So probably not. Um. So the next two theories are you know still foul play. Um. The not boyfriend theories. Uh. There is one thing that I didn't mention, and that is the surveillance footage that was released. Uh. There are only two little bits. Mm -hmm. One of them is just a picture of Lauren leaving for the night. From her apartment. You see her from behind. No, you see her from the front. When she was... Oh, wait. I thought you meant when she was leaving 
the apartment at four in the morning. No, she's no. Oh, they haven't released that. Okay, no. I'm yeah. getting I'm getting it Mm-mm. mixed up. It's okay. the beginning of the night. She's kind of smiling. She's got a white polo shirt on and some black pants, and I don't know why. I guess like so that people could know what she had looked like on that night. I don't know. I think that was a bad idea, but whatever. And then the other thing that they have released is um, it's actual video footage of a white truck. Pickup truck. It's a white pickup truck. And the reason that this interest them interested them was two reasons. One, they thought it would actually be identifiable because it does look like there's some lettering on the side, though you can't see it in any of the footage. It's not clear. Mm-hmm. But uh, the real reason that they're interested is that you see Lauren walking down the street and you see the truck go by and then it circles the block and comes back around and passes again. And they think it would be pretty easy, particularly given Lauren's size and current state, to just quickly grab her and throw her in your truck and go off. Sure. And now um, this uh, this took place at what time? When Was this after she left? 4.30. Jay Rosenbaum. 4.30 in the point, morning, yeah. That's when it was like, yeah. yeah. And then I know they tracked down the owner. He had kind of a weak excuse, I thought. Can you remind me of what you thought I that don't remember was? ever hearing that they tracked down I the owner. I don't remember that either, so I'm just wondering. No, what I read is they, 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 they actually found the owner. I don't know exactly how they did it. Maybe he recognized his own truck and came forward or what. Turns out he, he has like a construction company or something, and he was, he was trying to find one of his employees, hmm. picking him up for some reason. Hmm. Which I thought was a little strange at that time of the night. I mean... Maybe he had a problem employee who got in trouble with things like drinking or something like that. Or if he owned a construction he firm, that's when they start sometimes. Maybe it was, yeah, his morning. Yeah, maybe I mean, it's it June. Yeah. It's light early. And, and it's, it's going to be hot. That's true. Good point. So maybe that was it. Maybe he wasn't up late. Maybe he was up early. Maybe, yeah, maybe Listen, I, there are guys that I live in a blue collar neighborhood and there are guys that come and pick up other workers or, you know, coworkers in the area and they're there super crazy early in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Especially this time of the year. Yeah. 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 So it's, I mean, it's it's possible that that was the resolution to that white truck thing. That's what I heard. It's yeah. possible that it that wasn't actually the white truck, but that, that person was like, I don't know, I was kind of in that area at that time, and I have a white truck, and I was circling the block, so. Yeah, maybe he thought, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I would. If I thought I might have been in that neighborhood and might have been on that camera, I would have probably gone to the police and said, listen, I can't tell you exactly what moment I was driving around what block. I can't tell you, you know, I don't know where that surveillance camera was. Here's what my truck looks like. Here's what I was doing. Here are the people who can corroborate it. Mm-hmm. You know. But the reason that that white truck, it kind of brings up this theory of foul play that... Crime of opportunity. A crime of opportunity, right? That somebody could have just been prowling Mm. for a victim for whatever kind of crime they wanted to commit, whatever kind of probably horrific crime they wanted to commit. And that Lauren, again, given her size and state, would have been a really, really good Oh, yeah. She would have put up very little struggle and, you know, just overall would have been super easy to abduct and you know, do whatever you wanted to do with it. And then, uh, with her, yeah, with, with her and then, uh, you know, get rid of the body however you wanted and wherever you wanted. And it'd be pretty hard to track. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next foul play theory is Corey. Yeah. That Corey killed her. Mr. I hurt on the stairs. Yeah. There are a couple theories here. It's possibly, uh, Corey drugged Lauren, hoping to get lucky in yeah. like the illegal way. Yeah, so he roofied her in the bar, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I should point out that we didn't originate that theory. It's out there on the internet. Yeah, no, right? none yeah. of this is original to oh, us. Oh, yeah, no. Never Maybe is. Maybe Corey got mad at Lauren for spurning his advances and hit her. Really, the thing about Corey is that really no matter how you cut it, there's he probably does at least have a part ownership of her disappearance. Yeah. Not that's not to say that she should have been responsible for her own damn actions, but it does seem like he was continuing to encourage her to continue to be intoxicated and, and stay then out. and then when he was supposed to be taking care of her, whether he was fit to or not, didn't really escalate. I mean, you know, if somebody falls over and hits their head as hard as it sounds like she did, you don't just drag I mean, you know, you shouldn't just take her somewhere and like let her sleep. Like don't <laughs> Probably. Even if you're like super, super drunk. I mean, it, you know, again, it comes down to that bad judgment that we were talking about earlier. Um, but I would say I feel a little weird about saying that he definitely has a hand in 
being responsible for her disappearance, but I still feel like that. But I, it's just like, it's a weird thing for me, right? Because I don't necessarily know if they were both super drunk, but he seemed like he was definitely more sober than she was. So the hope would be, I mean, he wasn't, I, if I disagree that he was maybe more sober, the fact that he walked in his house and tried to walk up the steps and, and lost the contents of his guts means that he was pretty toasted and was probably carrying around a big belly full of hard booze. Yes. But the reason that I say he was more intoxicated than her, she was more intoxicated than him is that she wasn't even able to walk yeah, she at was that a, point. He was, was at least was ambulatory, right? The, yeah. I mean, in decision-making and, you know, whatever aside, he wasn't f- like, f- like so drunk that he was just falling over, sitting down. There, there is such a like thing that. as being able to, function while blackout drunk sure yeah and so that's that's the only thing that i'm getting at is that he may he may have been you know it's like sleepwalking at that point he's yeah. just doing things it's and true. you know has a drunken mission i yeah, yeah. Uh, well but i will i guess i will add to that that it, i i do feel and i'm sorry Corey, if you're listening to this <laughs> but i really genuinely do feel like he knows more about what happened that night than he's saying that he knows I know that face that you're making, Steve. Yeah, it's, hard it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I yeah. just think he does. Time. We've all lost time, you know, from a from a heavy night of boozing. Yeah, yeah. So. But I, it, it seems unlikely that he actually killed her, abducted her, or killed her, or anything. Like uh, intentionally. Well, her. even well, I mean, she unless his roommate Mike is lying, also. Oh yeah, because, I mean that know, would I mean, be part uh, of this. And what's the other guy, Jay? Yeah. Jay would have to be in on it as well. Be right. lying also. So. so why don't we move to the next theory that kind of helps explain all of this lying oh, that the, may or may the, not be the happening. Oh, the not murdery theory? The, the not foul play, but kind of foul play. All right. Um, one thing I have not mentioned yet is that Lauren actually had what is called long QT syndrome, which is a heart condition that basically means your heart beat can be really off and actually can be spontaneously fatal in and of itself. Like you can literally just keel over and die from having this Mm. being perfectly healthy, just sitting there totally sober and like normal all the time. Luckily Um, for Lauren, I don't think that's what killed her. I, uh, well, I don't know. So that it's actually interesting because Lauren's parents are very sure that Lauren is dead and they really think her drink may have been drugged, but that it was drugs and alcohol caused her to have a cardiac attack or, you know, rest or, of some kind. Yeah, the rhythm gets off, and then it skips a beat, and, and then it, it misses stops. a beat, and then it doesn't pick yeah. back up. I would actually kind of even maybe give a vote to falling over backwards and smashing your head on a concrete step, maybe mm-hmm. having a cerebral hemorrhage or something yeah, like so that. We, that yeah, would, that's a theory, too. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. I, You know, I, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that she had been roofied or otherwise date-drugged. I remember that being really big. I So I when I was in Bloomington, Illinois... Um, I was there until 2010, so I was there kind of around the same time, and it was like a really big thing. I got lucky, and they thought my Long Island iced tea, or they thought my friend, my like gay best friend's Long Island iced tea was mine and drugged his instead of mine, but like he went from like, you know, totally fine to like crazy drunk within, you know, 10 minutes and just had no memory of the entire night, and it was just... But, I mean, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that she had been drugged in one way or another. But also, I think it's not a crazy idea to think that um, her parents are just unwilling to see how far into the party scene Lauren was. It's not an uncommon thing with parents yeah. to to justify some of it totally. to deny another part that's Absolutely. less convenient Absolutely. or less is more painful. Yeah. So, you know, for them to say, like, yeah, she was drinking and that's fine, but she must have been drugged. Well, it sounds like she was doing a lot of drugs of, on her own accord. But the um, uh, the one way to tell if she was roofing in the bar is just to check her state going in and another state coming out. We know when she left the bar, she was hammered. Was she already hammered when she went into the bar? That's great. Maybe, it's hard to tell, though. I mean, uh, well, she was there for like an hour. Yeah. 40 minutes. CCTV footage might, you know, if they actually have a video of her, they, they could probably tell she was staggering then. I mean, yeah. of course, if she was really hammered then, would they have let her into the bar? I well, but I mean, you know, there are some drugs you can do and it'll take 40 minutes to kick in, right? Stuff could have kicked in while she was at the bar. Yeah. As well as her being drugged at the actual bar. <sighs> so well, during the pregame thing we mentioned, 
there were some drugs, which I didn't see. But Steve, you said it was on the Wikipedia, which... Yeah, well, and I've I seen didn't. some other places. They, they found coke in her room. Not a lot, but a little bit of cocaine. And then according to Jay, they had been uh, snorting, they'd been crushing up and snorting clonopin, which is an anti-seizure medication. Which, like, fine. <laughs> well, I, and I had to read about it. I, apparently, people like it because it's, you know, it's a, it's a relaxant. It's mm. not a stimulant. It's kind of relaxing. So mm -hmm. it's uh, kind of the anti-coke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's weird. I mean, people, it's weird to me when people like do two drugs. I want to get really high, but then I need something to bring me right back down. So I'm going to, I mean, that almost seems like they were spiking doing totally. that, you know, up and down routine yeah. and throwing booze in the middle just to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I don't know. So, it, I mean, she was, it's not crazy to think that, you know, she had just overindulged and... I mean, Lauren was obviously very aware of her own heart conditions. So any number of the combinations of any of the things that we've talked about already could have really just caused a massive heart failure for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, or just being sober, obviously. And then again, or it could have been one of the like four or five times she fell over and hit her head real hard. Yeah, could have do done it. it. Well, being aware of her own heart condition and the potential impacts of drugs and alcohol on that. I think you can counteract that with the I'm 20 years old and in, invincible. Yeah. I will never die. Yeah. I mean, it seems like she had had a couple of scares. So it is interesting that she still was so feeling like she was so invincible. But, you know, whatever. She probably um, just felt as long as she took her meds, she'd be okay. So. Yeah. Well, I've also heard some reports from students that were at Indiana State University at the time. And the consensus from them was that Corey, Mike, and Jay were actually well-known high-volume drug dealers in Bloomington at the time. Um, so the theory here would go that through whatever kind of circumstances, either Lauren OD'd, just like flat-out OD'd, or she got super drunk and, you know, whatever. But for whatever reason, they found themselves with a dead Lauren on their hands. Mm -hmm. And since they were drug dealers... And loaded. And loaded, <laughs> Instead of doing the responsible, humane thing and, you know, calling the cops or taking her to the hospital or whatever, they decided that they would dump her in the Ohio River, which there is some some corroboration to this story, though it's been re redacted uh, or retracted. retracted. Retracted, yeah, I think it is. Um, redacted, that was just a big yeah, black marker. No, not that. That was a jailhouse um, snitch thing, right? It was a jailhouse snitch thing, but it was it was a weird jailhouse snitch thing in that they got a tip from the cellmate of one of the guys I who was like friends story. with them. And then um, they interviewed the guy who was friends with that group, and he said, no, I don't know anything about that. I've never known anything about that, and I don't want to be involved in that at all. Absolutely not. I have no knowledge of that whatsoever. Uh, in kind of like a too frantic way well almost. That, listen that guy's story is hilarious and he is probably gun shy because he is if he is the one who i love this he got so loaded on drugs that he walked out of his house wearing nothing but a baseball cap holding a gun and started shooting it and it is some of the it's the funniest looking cctv images i've seen ever because you're like wait i mean it's grainy but is he wearing, like, skin colors? Oh, God, no, he's naked. Yeah, uh, it's pretty intense. So he said that he knew the guys, and he actually said that he had helped initially with the whole dumping, and he said, you know, said it to some jailhouse guys and then um, totally retracted it. And it might, not have, it might not have actually been about Lauren. That may be why he was so scared, because he may have helped somebody with a body for something well, else in his dealings. That, the reason that it came up was because they were, they were watching a a thing right. on Lauren and he like looked at the the pictures of Lauren and said, oh yeah, that's the, the body that I helped dump in the Ohio River. Yeah, but the thing about it is, is I heard this story and they basically loaded her into a car, took her down and, and just threw her in the river, mm -hmm. which to me... Why didn't she float? Well, to me, it's like, uh, it's like that's a prescription for having the body turn up about 20 feet downstream tangled in the brush. You know, it's like, uh, you, you want to have a boat, take her out in the middle, at least she'll show up like miles downstream, hopefully. Yeah, she's not uh, a hard drive. No, yeah. not exactly, no. No, she's not. But I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's also not like crazy unheard of that people get really lucky dumping bodies. Oh, yeah. And she got stuck, you know, under a rock at the bottom. And Usually they pop up sooner or later, though. Yeah, think, well, uh... 
or you know it's possible it could she could have popped up and you know a bunch of miles down the river and she's in a jane doe mm-hmm. somewhere i mean you know it's possible seems to me that every time they find a stray body anywhere near anywhere within a couple hundred miles they always test to make sure it's not her though. they do that's true they, um, yeah yeah the uh Another possibility, too, is that she didn't OD at all. Another one is that, you know, she just, uh, like, like sort of lost consciousness because of a, cere- a cerebral hemorrhage. And they thought she just passed out. So they just figured, ah, you know, we'll let her sleep it off. The next morning, she's cold and stiff. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe something happened here. And by totally. the way, and especially if somebody had actually maybe slipped her a roofie. Yeah. And that's in her bloodstream. And, like, that's kind of incriminating. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. realistically, when it comes down to it, I do feel that the that Mike, Jay, and Corey know more, that their stories are not exactly what happened that night. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think that's just because that's the, it gives me the most closure. Ah, I was going to say, because you know? I've, I've been around enough super blasted but uncooperative people. Joe and I used to know a girl who would show up and we would be having a beer and she'd walk in just housed and then you would find out she had been doing some drugs as well. Uh, there was, I mean, she would just fall flat on her face and people would try to help her and she was combative. She's like, no, no, I'm fine. Leave me alone. And people were like, let me walk you home. No, no. Like people do this. Yeah. And so that's why having seen that firsthand enough times, I'm not willing to completely say that these boys, while probably happy to get a problem child off of their hands, may not have actually done anything. And she may have just left and there was just no way to hold her. I mean, well, we should yeah. tie somebody down. Yeah, but then what do you think happened to her? Well, I think that uh, there is there is that possibility that she was just a, a random abductee. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. It, uh, it, it's entirely she'd be very vulnerable. At 4.30 in the morning, a very tiny girl, 90 pounds, yeah. hammered, yeah. staggering, and she would obviously be a target. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, you know, actually, I think it's entirely possible. I mean, obviously, you kind of got to go, when anybody disappears or dies or is murdered or anything, you, you kind of immediately look at their immediate circle of, of friends. Totally, yeah. But, you know, that's not true 100% of the time that it was a friend or a family member or whatever who did it. You know, somebody, it could actually have been, and she was definitely a ripe target. Yeah. It's just a question of did the right dude or the wrong dude, I guess, mm-hmm. turn up at the right time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and you know, and yeah. I, I tried to look, I mean, it's not as if Bloomington has a rash of college age girls being abducted and killed. There's been three in the last 20 some years. One was 2000 or the late nineties. And then there's Lauren. And then there was, uh, there was the girl. Holly, what's her name? Yeah, yeah. And she was a couple of years later, but they, they caught the dude who, who took her and killed her. Yeah. And he was a big suspect in this one. I think his name was Messel. Was it Messel? That Gary Messel, something like familiar. that. But, uh, he was, he was, I don't know. He didn't do a great job of getting rid of Holly's body. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was one girl who was not a college student who just lived in Bloomington who also went missing, and I believe she's still missing. She was like 29 when she went missing, mm-hmm. um, almost within a year of when Lauren went missing. So it, I certainly there is a possibility that there was just a serial killer, a serial killer, or yeah. serial abductor, or you know whatever. Yeah, oh. I mean, there's there, again, it's, I mean, there's always circumstances. I mean, you know, one of the things that they did that it's really weird the way they went about it, but they searched the local dump in case yeah. they could find her body, they which did. I don't know how how good of a search that you could take on an active dump site. Because the theory is, A, somebody killed her and threw her into the trash, kind of like what yeah. uh, Lonnie, uh, the the grim sleeper, Lonnie, mm-hmm. oh, God, his yeah. last name slipped my mind, or somebody didn't chuck her, put her in a garbage bag and just put her in the trash, or she was so drunk she was trying to find somewhere to go to sleep and crawled into a, a dumpster, which was then picked up, you know, not too long after and she was crushed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some, I, I don't think Lauren could have possibly been that drunk. I, <laughs> I didn't know her, of course, but I've never, even in my drunkest moments, thought it would be a great idea to crawl into a dumpster and take a nap. I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I, she probably did it on her own. But no, I think, yeah, there was a pretty sizable investigation and search that happened for her and one of the like things they did. two weeks they spent at the dump, right? They did, yeah. yeah. And I think they probably did a pretty good job. But yeah, I... I 
I, yeah, I, I guess it's true. We can't like rule out that it was just spontaneous, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I, that's all the theories. But yeah, I that's about it. Well, there's always she ran away to start a new life, which uh, yeah, is probably could, not a good one. We could hope, I guess. I yeah, well, you could hope. Yeah. Uh, there's always a possibility too that she wasn't murdered. Maybe she's being held against her will even today. I don't like thinking about that one. Though. That's a, yeah, I know that kind of sucks too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, I don't. I don't really have anything else. I mean, there's talk of people being abducted for sex slavery rings so it's Mm -hmm. something akin to what joe was saying but there doesn't well there is illicit activity it doesn't seem that bloomington would be a place to to go picking up girls to then take them to a larger city it just it doesn't make sense well college towns yeah it's just that it's it's an hour away from the next biggest town which seems to be the problem um that's that was the reporting. I don't know that enough about at. the the uh, yeah slave the. Yeah. You probably don't want to. I don't. Really, I don't. Yeah. So really, I got nothing. I mean, I, pff, okay. I don't think that the guys did anything. Yeah. I, I don't know why I do. I just do. You just mm. don't trust. I just don't men. trust. You don't well, like guys. College men. Just College age dudes. Those three guys, I just do not trust for some reason. Well, you know, there is that that, and that didn't really help their case. I understand why they lawyered up, you know, but oh, yeah, it, it, it always looks a little bit bad to the to the public. Well, it's not it's happens. not the but act it, of lawyering up; it's more the withholding of any relevant information mm-hmm. is really the thing that looks guilty. But it's you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so if you want to see some of the links to our research, uh, or buy swag, or see a list of all of the episodes we've ever done. You can do all of those things on our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can listen to us there as well and download, or you can listen to us and stream us or download us from pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are provided. If you can leave a comment and a rating on those podcasts, that's always great for us. And don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on social media. We've got a Twitter, which is Thinking Sideways. We've got a subreddit, which is just Thinking Sideways. And we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. So like the page and join the group. And uh, you can send us an email if you have case suggestions, if you want to talk to us about how we're wrong about everything. Or just tell us how awesome we are. just tell us how awesome we are. We we do respond to all of those emails. Um, we're getting pretty slow these days because we're getting a lot of emails. Um, uh, don't don't let that discourage you. Yeah, but yeah. send us an email anyway, and Absolutely. we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. All of that having been said, I think we're going to just go ahead and get on out of here. Sounds mm. like a plan. Yeah, all right. Ta-ta. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.